Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Scotty has lived more lives, it seems, than most of us. Her first child was born premature and has had many health issues these past 19 years. That experience magnified a battle for self-worth, and she has come a long way rocky marriage, three more kids in quick succession, and a drinking problem topping the whole thing off. Listen to how she is coming through the other side by being her authentic, outspoken self. Scotty is one of those women who is easy to love. She is friendly, dedicated, industrious, passionate, and fierce. Did I mention creative? I love all of these things about her. We had the opportunity to work together for a time collaborating, and getting to know her initially in that setting did not disappoint. Scotty has persevered well. And that is something we're going to get into during our conversation. Welcome, Scotty. Thank you so much. That was so sweet. That just made my whole month. So thank you. Oh, I love it. Not even just your day or your week, your whole month. That's fantastic. Love that. All right, Scotty. Three words you would use to describe yourself. Oh, I would say strong. I would say very, very compassionate. And I would also say passionate. Yes, yes. I see I see all of those. And of course, the, the ones I described and then many more, we could write a book on just the adjectives to describe Scotty. And they would all be good. They would all be good. Your favorite TV couple of all time? And if you don't have a TV couple, then broaden it to fictional because maybe it's a, a play or a book. Oh, or a movie. Uh, so easy for me right away. I mean, I, that's a question. Gosh, that's a, that's a really good question. Isn't that fun? The, the one that immediate, immediately springs to mind is I loved Mad About You as a kid. Do you remember that show? Yes. With um, Helen Hunt and... Paul Reiser. Yes. Yes. I loved that show. And I remember just being a kid and just really, really liking it. I just loved the interactions. I love, I just thought they were funny. I thought they just, they were so different. And, you know, she, I think she was super neurotic and it it was just great. I'm glad you mentioned neurotic or neuroses because that's part of what made that couple so special is that they they were much more of a real couple than we traditionally have seen, I think. They were much Definitely. more on the authentic side. So that is a really yeah. good choice. And I wonder, is there any of those, you know, TV apps that are playing that show? Oh, I'm sure. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. But really, um, a couple of 
months ago, I did read an interview with him and, and he talked about how much, um, how much people, people are reaching out to them all the time to reboot that show, to do that over. Um, I don't know necessarily that there are any plans. I think they probably, both of them have definitely moved on in their life, but wouldn't that be fun now seeing them all this time later? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Uh-huh. And, and Carol Burnett is still alive to play her mother. Yes, she was so great. I totally forgot about that. Yes. yes that was, I loved that show. It's funny because that's not a show that, you know, preteen or adolescent kids probably flock <laughs> yeah. to, but I just did. It's a good one. That's a classic. Yeah. I love it. The last book you read that rocked your world. Oh, it's so easy. Everybody right now is just raving about it. Glennon Doyle, um, you know, uh, that that woman and her writing. Untamed, I mean, right? Isn't that the yes, name of it? Untamed? Yes. Now, I have Untamed. not read that. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, girl, you have got to read that book. Okay. It is. <laughs> I mean, every page, I I, I would I would cry. I was, She is so... She first of all, she's such a great writer. She's such a great writer, but she's so vulnerable, and she's oh. so. Um, one of the things because I follow her and you know listen to her all the time, and um, even she wrote something a couple of days ago about it was on Instagram, and I, I, I hardly ever leave comments on stuff like that to people because you know they have like three thousand comments or whatever, but I. <laughs> commented I was like every bit of that I felt to my bones and I was I it just um the way that she taps into the I don't want to say faults but it, it is really kind of the the faults that we as women have um but we have been institutionalized almost to make it seem like the faults are these crazy wrong things, mm-hmm. but they are really being human and the, the faults are what really connect us. I mean, oh. they really, you know, it, it, that's the way that we have the connection yes. is through the, the, uh, uh, the trials and being human yes. and the problems and the rough stuff and the messiness and the divorce and the, you know, she was an alcoholic and she binged and purged for years. And, you know, she, I mean, that woman has lived 20 lives, lives just like I have. Just um, like you. <laughs> yeah. And so I really identify with her and, and I, and I, I think she has really shaken up the way that, uh, the way that, we as women look at ourselves. Ooh, I love She's it. really encouraging women to really um, to be okay with with the bad stuff, and it's you know it's good. Oh, I love that, and that's a lot of what you know we try to capture here. Is it sounds like a, she's she's being real and authentic. And she's very the, authentic. The whole deal, transparency, the whole deal. Yes, I can't recommend it. Okay, you know what? I just finished my, you know, there's always one book I'm reading for like growth or self-discovery or whatever, Uh and then one for fun. And I just finished my my, uh, dream big. Your growth. My growth one, dream big. I read that. So now I need a new one. This is perfect timing. I love it. 
I made the mistake of listening to the audio book first. Um, I, I recommend, which is, is so good, but don't get me wrong. Um, I recommend reading it first and then listening to the audio book because she reads it. It's in her voice. Oh. And there were times where I listened to the audio book and I would be out in my garage working and I'd just be sobbing. Just sobbing. Um, but then I was like, I can't remember any of it. So I would have to like go back to the audiobook section and listen again. You know, you have you need that physical that physical book so you can reference it and so you can outline it so you can highlight it and yeah. go back. And, yeah. But it is wonderful to to hear her tell the stories. It's kind of like a collection of stories. Okay. And it's so good to listen to her voice telling her stories. Oh, that is a fantastic recommendation. I'm going to get started yeah. on that tonight. Fantastic. She she is sweeping the world by storm right now. I hear a lot it's, about her. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Is there something on your bucket list that you haven't yet done? Because you have lived a lot of lives already, and you're, you're like not even halfway done. Is there still something on your bucket list? <laughs> Yes, there is. I would say, I would say travel because I had Drew, you know, my, my special needs daughter and I was 25. And so I hadn't done a lot of traveling and, uh, you know, I had three kids after her bang, bang, bang. And then (laughs) I haven't done a lot of that. I have done a little, but not a lot. And so one of the things that I, I always talk to my husband about is, you know, Drew is always going to be with us. I mean, there's, there's just, I mean, not, not always, but she will probably maybe live in a group home community sometime. You know, she has aspirations. She, she thinks she's going to live on her own. You know, um, she thinks she's going to have her own family and who knows, but um, it's something that we just kind of have always planned on. So I'm always, I'm always thinking, you know, I, I think it would be really interesting to see the world through Drew's eyes. So I'm thinking like, okay, you know, we could, how fun would like a blog be like, you know, visiting this country or this, how, how accessible, you know, these places are for, for handicapped or disabled kids or how they, you know, how, the rest of the world interacts with her Mm -hmm. and how, you know, what they perceive and are the different countries, um, do they, do they look at her differently? Do they accept her differently? Do they, do they, do the kids look at her the same way in other countries as they do here? You know, when she, it, it, wouldn't that be just a really cool thing? That would know? be a really and, cool thing. So I'm always, and she loves to just go places. She, her bucket list is, I mean, you know, her, her IQ obviously is, is uh, definitely kind of on a lower level. And so the TV shows that she watches are, she loves Peppa Pig is her favorite. You know, she, <laughs> she does watch older stuff too. She right. will sit through older stuff and she does like, any kind of, you know, she'll like, she likes the teenage shows on Disney and stuff, but her go-to is like Peppa Pig. So there is a Peppa Pig theme park outside of London. And for about 10 years, she has just begged to go to the Peppa Pig theme park. So I'm always like, you know, when all these other kids get out of here, Drew, we, I am taking you to London and we are going to go to the Peppa Pig theme park. And we are going to see, because I am a huge, like, King Henry buff. I love all that stuff. So, I'm like, we're going to go and travel and go to the theme parks and 
Um, so I'm always like, let's go, let's go walk. Because, you know, you have to be able to walk a lot. You know, when we're traveling, walking is a big deal. Pretty much it's walking all the time. So it's kind of been lately, especially now that our kids are getting, the other kids are getting old enough to kind of be a little on their own and left home. You know, Reese is driving now and uh, oh, she can, you know, I crazy. can you believe it. No. <laughs> and she can take the other ones to school and things are much more manageable now. So now it's becoming reality, you know, like this is, this is actually, you know, this is actually something that we could do. I mean, well, after the pandemic, of course. Right, right. Gosh, yes, exactly. But it is a, it's a goal of mine. I just, and that's definitely, I think, my bucket list uh, that maybe, hopefully, I'll, I'll start crossing that kind of stuff off pretty soon. Right. So that's the hope. Yeah. All right. Two truths and a lie, Scotty. I think you're quite familiar with this exercise, and don't you'll have to make it hard. I get to guess which one the lie is. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't prepare for this. That's okay. <laughs> no second. one does. It's all right. Um, okay. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. Oh, my gosh. This is so hard. Okay. Let's do. If you think like a category, it makes it a little easier, like jobs or kids okay. or. I um, was. A veterinary assistant in a previous life, uh, and I can play the piano. Um, my favorite food is Indian food. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I know you, but I don't know you well enough to really grab onto those. Okay. I think you really like animals. So I can kind of picture you being a veterinary assistant. Um, the second one was, what was the second one again? I can play the piano. Oh yeah. I got, I can picture that too. And then the third one, for some reason, I'm going with the Indian food is the lie. I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's too, spi too Korean for you. Um, I can't play the piano. Oh! <laughs> okay, this is the weirdest thing that I was not gifted musically at all. You know, I was a dancer, at, but I cannot, it, it is, I have so much respect for people yes. that can play music. It's, it's, it's like speaking a different language to me. It, I, it, I don't see it. I don't, it, I don't. In fact, you know, I was, I, my, I went to college for studio art. And as part of that, we had part of my degree program was I had to take an intro to music class, oh, which I, I mean, and it's like the class that, I, I mean, the most basic class. Well, right? it's like math and science. Really. Oh my gosh. I struggled. That was the hardest class that I had ever taken. And I struggled so much. I barely passed. It was so hard and I'll never forget that. And so I look at these people who play the piano or even the guitar or I just don't, I don't, my mind doesn't think that way. Right. Unfortunately, but no. I, I have a lot of respect for people that, that I agree. I agree. That. Cause I can relate to that. I can completely relate to that. Yeah. All right. So you do like Indian food and you were a I veterinary uh, assistant. assistant. Yeah. Okay. Which is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't go to school for that or anything. I actually had an, 
a job. I was a, I had already graduated and I was, had a great job as a graphic designer. Um, but we had put, we had a puppy that had ended up having parvo and we had to put that puppy to Aww. sleep. And the, that throughout process, like there was two weeks there of, uh, the puppy was in the hospital, right? Um, that cost, oh my gosh, just a portion, you know, uh, before we put this finally, you know, I was like, what are we doing? I grew up on a farm. We should, my dad would be horrified at this. So we put the part, but over that course of time, I had gotten to know the staff and, you know, I told them, oh, I grew up in Texas and, you know, I, 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 my dad knows everything about horses and I could warm a horse and all that. Well, they liked to hire they did not like to hire people out of school they liked to hire people as techs with absolutely no experience because they liked to train them so uh, they hired me and I remember like the second I I was still working in the day but then I would go there at night and like the second day I was there I was learning to insert the IVs and the dog it was crazy (laughs) And this was in Rancho Santa Fe. So we had like a cancer program. It was, I mean, these people had, it was, it was, it was a really interesting, fun time. Right. It was great. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't know that yeah. about you. That's so cool. Yeah. So as women, and you've already, re- you know, made some reference to it in the Glenn Doyle book, I, I really believe that we struggle with worth. We, we struggle we with that as little girls all the way up through no matter what age you're at. How do you counteract some of the mixed messages that we receive as women? For a very, very long time, I did not counteract that. Okay. I did not have the skills and the tools to do that. Um, I had been a victim of abuse uh, as, a, as a young child, um, sexual abuse. I, um, I was always very, very driven, was always great at everything I put my mind to. Um, So failure was never an option. Um, I felt like I knew that I had a very, I I was very driven because I had a very low self-esteem. So as long as I was getting outside accolades, things were all good. Okay. But at some point in your life, that, that phase, right? You're, you're on your own and you're right. like, what world, who's going to give me the accolade? You're not in high school. You're not in college. You're not a cheerleader. You're not in dance. Like, where does that come from? Right. And I, a lot of times it, it comes with faith. Right. Um, I had actually, I, I, had, I've grown up in a, in a religious family, a Methodist family. My, my, my whole family are churchgoers. And, um, I ended up leaving my faith, uh, in high school, uh, I just had witnessed a lot of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just, I turned, I turned away from it. Right. Um, I Not didn't see, at all. It didn't, it, the, the values that were being taught as, as you're right, it's not uncommon were, um, just didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the rules, you know, mm-hmm. the workspace. So I floundered for a long time. Um, at some point, when you get out of college and you start work, well, that's when you try for all the acc- accolades again. 
Um, and that was going well for a few years. Uh, I had, I was, I had a great job. Um, I was super creative. I was an art director and a graphic designer. And, you know, when you're doing something like that, you are getting a lot of pats on the back because you're doing, producing all these big artistic, wonderful projects for people. And if they're, you know, if they're received well, you're still getting the accolades. Well, then I had Drew, and uh, who is my 19-year-old daughter, who is, um, she's intellectually disabled. I had her at 26 weeks, and she weighed 112. Gosh. So she was in the hospital for five or six months, and, uh, um, you know, that was the beginning of the, the, the self-worth just, I think uh, the little self-worth that I ever had went out the door then mm-hmm. because I, of course, like any mother uh, who goes through something like that, blamed myself for years. Um, I had to carry around a huge amount of guilt, mm-hmm. um, which was not, uh, which I actually, you know, some of the outside world kind of gave me as well. You know, but people that didn't understand. And um, so it was, it was a really hard time. And you had to combat that on top of how you were already feeling about yourself. And then I also wanted to back up just a second and say, yes. I'm yes. sorry for the abuse that you suffered. And I think Thank it's, you. it seems to be, a, again, a common thing. Sometimes it's when very we go common. through things like that, we then become outward driven, like, you know, uh, yes. Fill me up with all these good things I'm doing because a hundred percent. That's yes. exactly it. That's exactly it. And um, this this person was very well respected in my family. Yeah, you know, like the the family, you know, patriarch, right? So it was uh, it it was just a, the strangest thing. But however, I. I have no, you know, I have no, that shame sailed a long time ago. I I have connected with so many people over that issue in my life that the shame left. And that was, has all been replaced by good stories of connection and healing. So with so many women, because it is so common. It's so common. You know, it's, you would be so surprised. And I've had so many women that, um, that have gone through the exact same thing or worse, you know? So, so that, so I, I, you know, so many people, I think I lost the chip to talk about that to where it's kind of like taboo or, or strange or, or weird or I, that chip in my brain is gone. Like I, when I talk about it, it's, there's no, there's no shame. There's no emotion. There's no anger. There's no sadness. It just is what it is. It, it really feels like living a life, a, a separate life. Like right. that was, you know, so that is great. Um, the, the hard, the, this, this, the story of Drew uh, has been a 19 year long process that has shaped my life and and those around me uh it's been the single factor I think 
that shaped that sh- that's been the kind of core of of some of the issues that I've gone through over the last 19 years is the um, it's a grief it's a grief uh, and when it's your first child you, uh, you know and I didn't I didn't go to see it there I you know I really was struggling with now knowing everything I I struggled with post traumatic stress syndrome for years I mean I went into labor and four hours later, they were like, you're so dilated. We have to go now. She's going to slip into the birth canal and suffocate. And I'm like, what? Like it was never, it was not even a concept that I was about to have this baby. And then she gets taken away and put in a different hospital. And I had a C-section. I I didn't see her for like four days. And I, I was in a, I remember being in a dark room, 25 years old. My husband was with the baby with her. And I just, I, it was, I can remember being in that dark room so clearly and just feeling, honestly, I couldn't imagine how I was going to live to the next day. Cause the, the mm-hmm. nurses are coming in and they, they want you to, you know, pump. To, so you obviously can't breastfeed. So they're trying to get your milk to come in and they're trying to get you, you know, your milk production up because they need to send your breast milk to the hospital for the baby because the best thing for preemies right. is the the mom, mom's milk right so they want all of it you know and so they're on top of you and it was it was the wildest experience it was it, it, it was like a movie um anyway and then she came home and she she okay so I should back up a little bit while she was in the hospital uh she had, she, she had, she had severe reflux, which, which basically she was, nothing was formed in there. So she was refluxing all day long. And so when she would reflux, it would hit the vagus nerve, which is the nerve that's directly linked to your heart. So her heart would stop uh, 10 times a day and she would turn black. I mean, she would, she would bradycardia down to like 20. And they, we would have to bag her back. It was so I remember her primary care nurse who was there with me that whole time, who I'm still great friends with, lives close. Um, she, she, she told me once, you know, I don't think that you should expect Drew to be an A student. Oh. And I, it didn't even, I, I it didn't, I, it didn't sink in. And I remember thinking, what is she talking about? You know, well, so then she came home and the next, gosh, I want to say definitely the next five years, I spent every amount of energy trying to keep her at level with her age group. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would lie to the, to the pediatrician. Oh yeah. She's, she's hit that milestone, you know, because here I am grieving this loss of, first of all, pregnancy, because I went six months. I I looked like I had eaten a burrito basically, (laughs) you know? Uh, I remember I was walking around and one of the afterwards they make you walk, you know, and one of the nurses says, Oh my gosh, you don't even look like you had a baby. And I just was like, Oh my gosh, I just sobbed. But you're, so you're, you, the grief, the, the grief of a normal pregnancy, um, the, then that it was the grief of 
a normal baby because mm-hmm. um, she had had all these surgeries already while she was in there. She had had heart surgery, eye surgery, you know, you name it. Um, Are you saying while she was in the hospital? While she was okay. in that five months. Yes. Okay, they were, it. they were, they had preemies have complications from just being a preemie and she hit every one of those complications. So she, she would just, she was a typical preemie, but she, um, she, she had it worse than a lot. A lot of them do. Uh, so we uh, we brought her home. I'm fighting tooth and nail all that time to to keep her up to her milestones. I think she sat up for the first time at like ten months, and then I don't think she walked till about twenty months. You know, so everything was was very delayed for her. Um, and then you get into when she starts kindergarten and then you're, then it's just throwing yourself into trying to have a normal kid, you know, put her, she has, she also has from that, she has mild cerebral palsy uh, in her feet and in her ankles and in her fine motor skills. She, she still right now, she can't tie a shoe. I mean, she is getting better. She zipping zippers don't really, you know, um, so she, so from that, you know, school age was just, just making her in some sense normal as her peers, putting her in the daisies. But I mean, it was just, it was, uh, it was a lot. So my self-worth was wrapped up in the fact that she was far from quote unquote normal, uh, a normal child. She had, she was just had so many other significant challenges and that just, you know, that just beat me to a pulp there. That, that combined with the grief of, you know, the pregnancy combined with the guilt and then combined with the drive to just make her normal. I remember, I would like rush, you know, something would happen at school and I would rush home and I'd get on the computer and I'd research all night long and I'd have a list of supplements for my husband to get that next morning at Sprouts. You know, I we have to do this. Go spend $300 on these supplements. She has to take every single one of these. And it's gonna, she's going to, you know, that's going to be it, right? I... Please, I, there's, I look at parents like, I think, oh my gosh, please don't ever do those kind of things. Now, when but, did you, when did that turn for you? When did you, when did you unentangle or all whatever that. that word is, your sense of worth from Drew? Okay. I don't, I don't, I think I'm still working on it. Okay. However, uh, I had three children after her. Um, Reese is two and a half years uh, younger than her. And then when Reese was four months, I got pregnant again, uh, not trying, but so then, you know, barely a year later, I had my son, Levi, and then we had two boys, I mean, two girls and a boy, and we were all done. Um, And then Jesse just appeared out of nowhere. So, (laughs) which is so funny because, you know... (laughs) 
I uh, I just remember thinking, I, I don't know if we're done yet. And I, to be quite frank, my husband had a vasectomy. Okay. And the vasectomy did not work. Oh, God. <laughs> so, and I had had this vision before we were, before we were deciding for him to do that. Like, our, I actually chickened out once. I was like, no, I'm not ready yet. Well, then um, I had, Le- Levi started walking at 10 months. And so I was just, you know, I was like, we're done. So, uh, but something kept telling me, like, I, I even had said the word Jesse and I do not know why it wasn't a name that had stuck out to me or I don't know. So anyway, we ended up having Jesse. So I think for, for years, um, the craziness and the schedule and all the kids and the, to the park and to the beach and to the, and the uh, I think, I think I had less time to think about it. Yes. It was still there, but it was covered up by the craziness and chaos of life, right? So, because you, there's no option of not getting out of bed when you've got three toddlers to, you know, change and take to preschool and, you know, drive all over the place. And there, as they grew, the list just got longer. And um, I just, it, it was always there. It just, I had not dealt with it, but it was very covered up. Okay. So what had, what happened, and I look back now and, uh, actually I don't look back now. I look out now and I, I can spot a woman who's struggling very easily because we become the women who are the fun ones the the wine drinking ones the you know happy hour ones the uh the ones who you know bring the wine to the park and you know i I mean we just uh it becomes something different it becomes like this this uh this kind of looking to the outside to fill you up even more well, because, did you did you feel like that the drinking of the wine or whatever kind of helped soften the edge of the reality oh, of having a special needs child and then three children very close to one another? I mean, that's absolutely. a lot for anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I had a, we should just launch into this whole story because it it is it's this is a big deal because uh, we women have adopted this wine culture that is so accepted by society and so promoted by society and the shirts that have the wine sayings and the mugs that say the wine that sayings and target you walk by and the, you know, mom bun and wine sayings. And it's everywhere. It's, it's become standard and it's become, uh, widely accepted. So I had a group of friends and we, we drank, you know, I, I, I had some friends that were, that were in the same boat with me. I I should say my husband that entire time was traveling. He's always traveled nonstop all over the world. So I'm, Oh my gosh, you're doing this all on your own primarily. yeah, he would be gone for weeks at a time. And I just, oh, oh my God. I would just cry. I would just 
cry. Um, a lot of times I would just pick up, pick up and head to Texas. You know, we're here, <laughs> help. But, and I did have that option because I became a stay-at-home mom, which feeds right into the, the self-worth because here I had this great career that I had intended initially to not go back full time to, but always continue to work and, you know, be freelance or something like that. But I was a mom. I didn't have time or even a piece of my brain to devote to that. Like there was, you know, it was kids. Uh, and that, and that, um, the, the friends really make it okay. And it's, uh, it's not, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. It's just, it's certainly not healthy. I mean, it's, I, I was not doing it healthily. I mean, we would drink all the time. We would drink at Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, our kids would be in Chuck E. Cheese and we were worried about, you know, what time they stopped support. Like it was that just, but here I had these awesome friends. It was so much fun. We all did it. They're all in the same boat. Some of them have marriage problems. Some husbands travel. Some have lots of kids with absolutely no control over them. It's just, we're just putting one foot in front of the other. You know, making it. And the wine, it was, give me the wine. You know, we can make it. Uh, now, so, are you saying that you kind of crossed the line? Is that kind of where we're headed here in this conversation? That's where we're headed. Okay. Yes. So as Drew got older, Drew's, Drew, Drew became much, much more difficult to handle, uh, as often happens. She became combative. I, I would say from age four on up, it was kind of just like this deterioration of behavior. And um, when I say it was bad, there were times when she would scream in her room, hitting the walls for 12 hours straight. Mm. It was awful. And so on top of her, her behavior deteriorating on top of here, I have these three other toddlers and then I'm traveling all over the California to try and make her normal. I'm, um, and, and her, her doctor's appointments were so extensive, obviously all her therapies are, you know, it was like just, uh, constant, and then um, Jeff's traveling for work. Jeff's traveling for work. I'm, I'm largely by myself. We weren't in a position where I could often hire help. Um, I, I, the drinking became, it was, I wouldn't say at that time it was a, it was a crutch because, or a, or a release because it, it wasn't like I was, I wasn't at that point doing it a lot at home. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I did, of course, like he'd be gone and, you know, I'd have a couple glasses of wine, but it was definitely more of the, the, the tie that bound um, this group of girlfriends that I had. And um, I should have recognized it a lot earlier. I didn't. I, it was just a bad time. It was bad. Um, I. And how did you all get back on track? Well, I 
I, at one time, the final time that I had just, I had really had a bad night and I, I just, I knew that things had to change and I just called my parents and I said, you know, I, I need to go to rehab. And they were literally at my doorstep in four hours. Oh. And I was like, I have to pick the kids up from school. And my mom was like, nope, you're going now. You know, I'll pick oh. the kids up from school. Wow. And um, I went to a place, I went to a Christian place, which is such a God thing because I was, we were just calling my insurance. Like where's the, where's the closest place to go, right? And so there's this huge system. Well, the closest rehab that my insurance accepted was, this place close by San Clemente. And, uh, so it's right on the beach, you know, it was like, <laughs> and, uh, and it was Christian based, which was a total fluke. And I got there and it was the most beautiful experience that I ever have ever, ever had. It was, uh, I met so many women with so many different stories and so much shame and so much guilt. And, and I, you just see, your life in every facet of these other women and you do not feel alone anymore. Right. You just don't because you, I, you identify that there are, there are people that this, that it's okay because this happens and this is life. And there's lots more people that go through stuff like this. And, um, I made connections that I still have. I, I did a lot of soul searching about my faith. Um, it was, it was, I, I, so now I can't say that rehab is like that for everyone because there were some women there who had been to five different rehabs. Yeah. But were, none of, yeah, yeah n- none of them were like this one. Yeah. Right. So the program is so essential. And the other thing that really I, made me, it was like this huge, eye opening, wonderful experience was the AA program. Um, this whole time, completely changing everything about myself, changing my attitudes, changing the way that I looked at marriage, changing the way that I talked to Jeff, because he was pretty out. Like we were lawyering and doing all that kind of stuff. He was, he was, that ship was pretty sailing. But even through that, and he was still out here in California living by himself and, you know, drinking so much and but here I was in Texas discovering my faith and he would come visit all the time the kids and and he saw me become this person that I never was this person that has God in them and who cares uh about much more than herself and um um my husband watched me be, really become an entirely different person because of the teachings of God. A better because, version of yourself. Yeah, a better version of yourself. I I realized that what I was going to have to do, I could not stay in Texas. My children needed to be by, by their father, no matter what happened between us, right? So I packed up the van. And my dad drove us back out, and I rented. I stayed with a, a friend for a few weeks with the you know kids everywhere and. Um, I found a house and I moved in and I said, I'm here. And, you know, my house is your house. You come to eat dinner with us, come to, you know, when you pick up the kids, come in, you know, Hey, I, I made dinner. I just, I, I had become a different person. I, that is not the old me. Like I would have 
the previous study, before I discovered all that information and that self-growth during that period, would have, the way that he was treating me, I would have like, you know, I'm going to take you to the bank. You know, this is your, right. you know, like that study would have just gone to battle. So he saw but, a change in you. And then did he then start coming over for dinner? And Yes. And he did, and and he he uh, he uh, he would want to come down on Sundays, and I'd say, well, yes, you're welcome to come down, but we go to church. That's what we do. So if you come down, you got to go to church with us. So he would start coming down, and he started going to church with us. And uh, I tell you what, during those times on those Sundays in that church. I thought that I was going to get struck by lightning because every time that he would be sitting next to me, that preacher would preach a sermon that was aimed directly at him. <laughs> there were times when I could see him just physically like shaking. Oh. It was crazy. And the more that happened, the more I prayed, you know, like, I know you're doing this. This is all you, God, because this guy has preached atheism for 40 years, you know, it was just, it was so, it was so amazing to witness. And so through did that he, church, yeah, did through he, that process, yes. he, yes, he, he became a Christian. He got saved. Wow. And, um, you know, a few years before that, when all that was happening, I remember a friend of ours down the street picked us picked me up and the kids up to go to church and they asked me, you think Jeff's ever going to come to church? And I was like, never. Are you kidding? Never. He's never going to step foot in a church. So, you know, and I, that feeling of, I would look at him and he'd be taking notes, you know, and it, it, it was, it, and me going to men's group and we started a small group and wow. never in my mind would have it ever dreamed that that would happen right. you know he's listening he's listening to the message all day long on the radio you know i mean this guy was like a punk like yes the change i still look at him and i'm still amazed and it's been you know so long that I, i'm like i well that's my question I, how long a couple questions one how long have you been sober and then two how long have you been reconciled fully reconciled okay um, so I'm sober, let's see, I want to say altogether, uh, it's been about five years, it's been about five years, um, because one time in Texas, I, you know, I always think, okay, do I count that? But yes, one time in Texas, I had a beer, so. I, I'm back in the data, so I'm not. I wasn't really, you know. So I, I, it's about five years, and about, you know, we we ended up getting remarried. We re, we redid our vows uh, after that. The first thing he did was, you know, he wanted to move back in with us, and uh, which happened. And then I said, you know, I think I our we put our kids through so much. And I said, I just think, I think, I think we need to have a, a rededication now 
now in front of God this time. This we're here, we're with God. We need to redo this marriage because the first time we stood in front of the pastor, neither it was for our parents, it wasn't for us. So we did that with just us and the kids, and uh, it was amazing. And from then on, I mean, it's never easy. I have, I'm, I'm still myself. I'm right. still, oh, you yes. know, still getting the mood of Scotty. It was all too much. Yeah. As we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to cover? Um, let's see what points I hit. I, I. I want to stress that um, there is a different way. It doesn't. You don't have to subscribe. Since the reason why is because I've had so many. I'm, as you know, I'm extremely vocal about anything and everything, and I'm very vocal on social media. And I'm always super. Uh, I, I, I do feel like I express myself best through writing. Uh, I don't enjoy it. It's hard for me, but I do it. I do. I do know that I express myself well, the best through writing. Mm -hmm. So I do. I do do it, and um, I have connected by by really sharing these things that for some for some reason nobody ever talks about or feels comfortable about or wants to talk about. I just do that and when I do that I see these women just coming out of the woodwork mm. like messaging messages 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 like I I know that person everything that you said that's me that's what I'm feeling what do I do how do I get through this we're all human and you just can't give up that easily you just can't um so I want to stress that finding the right community is important. Um, and it's okay to be vocal about not being okay. Yeah. I wrote something recently like about, I wrote something recently and I posted it was about the perfect Facebook mom. And the main thing, the main theme of that was be, stop selling us on this idea of what a mom and a wife uh, marriage should look like. Cause we all know that that's not the truth. All of us know that. So when you're, when you're vocal about the hardships and the actual reality of what we're all going through, but nobody wants to talk about, that is the way that you get through it with help and come through it and be able to, you know, get to the other side because it, it's like you can't live a show. You can't live a no. show. You have to be you, the the biggest case for authenticity is that the connections, uh, the the connections that happen from that authenticity, that is like the core. I've learned of what life is about. Like that connection is, right. it's, it's so amazing. It's such an amazing feeling when you feel that. And when you, when you, um, you realize that you have these thoughts in common with this person and you connect on a level that is so it's, 
that's God. Like that's where I see God. Right. And he continues to show up for me in that way. The, the more vocal I am, the more I might turn people off, but I tell you what, the more messages I'm getting in my inbox saying, I know that person that you're talking about. Wow. I'm that person. Yes. So I have learned that I am not going to be silent. No. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to help foster those connections because that is where, that is what God gave us right there. Right. In yeah. our imperfections, he gave yes. us this, this mm-hmm. ability to, to be near each other in that sense, right. you know, that is, he gave us our, he gave us our support system. Right. That is so, so well said. So we'll put it. And in fact, you know, one of the reasons I invited you on was obviously we knew each other from, you know, past work, but uh, you do write some very uh, authentic, transparent, vulnerable posts. And that's what drew me to ask you to, to have a conversation uh, on, on the show because thank you not everybody's doing that but I find myself you know through the different things I've gone through particularly in the last couple of years that mm-hmm. I am now so drawn to that and I, mm-hmm. I just really don't have the time or the patience mm-hmm. for people who are not going to be mm-hmm. those things I just mm-hmm. I just don't. and you know I get sad at the fact that it took me 45 years to learn that lesson. Hey, you know what? Better late Imagine, than not at all. Yeah. It's okay. Imagine if you're doing this at a younger age, how many more of those experiences yeah. that you're going to have. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I, but that's beyond because God knew exactly what he was doing every single yeah. step of and, this journey with me. And you were exercising your free will all along. Yes. So absolutely. 100%. He was, yeah, he was right God there. Was, Ready and ready and waiting. Yeah, every time, every time. It still amazes me. When I still have a bad day, you know, he still, still, he there. still shows up That's somewhere. Right. Thank you, Scotty. You really em- embody the things that I love in people. I just Aww. so appreciate you laying That's bare. So sweet. Yeah, you laying bare your story. You know, I have no doubt it's going to touch somebody else, reach somebody else. So I, I'm so grateful and thank you. Oh, and thank you so much. I love you so much. Yeah, I'm so glad we connected all those years I ago. Know, I know. And we'll be sure and get this packaged up and let you know when it's ready. Okay. Okay. Thank take you. care. Talk to you okay. later. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. We could have done several episodes with Scotty because she has vast experience in many arenas. The one thing I take away from our conversation is the confirmation that authenticity is where it's at. It's how to live. It's who to be. Oh, and we never got to talk about what Scotty's doing now. She's a balloon artist designing and creating beautiful multi-layered themed arrangements that are whimsical and can celebrate just about any occasion. Thanks, Scotty, for being you and reminding us to be who we are. We're glad you made it through to the other side. The Unabashed You website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode. Each episode has its own page. You can find us at unabashedyou.com, Facebook, Unabashed You, Instagram, Unabashed You, Twitter, at Rochelle Renee. 
I'm grateful for likes on social media, yet I crave interaction. So I invite you to comment even one word. Let's have a conversation, even a brief one. Lastly, our email is unabashedyou at gmail.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to rate and review us there to help make us more discoverable. Let's go to some new states and some more countries. I want you each to feel fully yourselves. And our blessing for the day, authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. And that is by Brene Brown. Amen. Women, go be authentic, be unabashed, be you.